0: So Mark, yeah. a very wise person once said, the clothes make the man. And who would that person be? I believe it was uh, a fella named Mouse.
1: Mouse? Yeah.
0: Anani Mouse. You need to start this episode <laughs> over because this is the worst thing you've ever said. So in that spirit, I was wondering, what's your favorite like article of clothing from a movie?
1: I think I have referenced it enough for everyone to know that it is the vagina coats from Down With Love.
0: An amazing choice.
1: Basically all of the outfits in that montage.
0: I like it when they show up at the club wearing opposite coats and they open them and they have dresses that match each other's coats.
1: Yeah, the planning and coordination that these two women put into their outfits is unbelievable. It's
0: Renee Zellweger and Sarah Paulson. We expect that. Yes,
1: those are two people that we expect the best from and- are never disappointed by. No. Because we're not acknowledging that B-movie exists.
0: Whereas, for example, Angie in Shark Tale always has impeccable dress.
1: (laughs) Yes, she is built in with fine clothing.
0: Yes, exactly. Not as much as the Angelina Jolie fish. No,
1: not sexy Jolie fish. (laughs) She
0: doesn't have like...
1: A ball gown?
0: Exactly. I think for me, like, my first thought has to be the puffy orange vest worn by Marty McFly in Back to the Future, subject of a future two-hour episode. Of course. It's a funny look that we get good jokes out of.
1: Yeah, it's a weird vest. I don't really get it. And I don't understand when I see people in the wild wearing vests similar.
0: No, I I'm, mean, it's nice in that it makes a Marty McFly costume fairly easy. Yes, that might be part of it. Actually, wearing one normally would be strange.
1: I am on the record as... Actually, I don't think I'm on the record because I haven't talked about it on this podcast, This is essentially the only public record of my opinions. But I have stated in the past that I don't understand vests because I have worn a vest one time and the whole time I kept thinking, my arms are cold. <laughs>
0: I like, like, fancied vests that you would wear with, like, a suit. But I'm not a, like, casual sweater vest Rick Santorum (laughs) kind of fashionista.
1: Like, fleece vests. I wore one, and I was like, the whole time, I was like, why are my arms uncovered? They are cold.
0: Well, you gotta show off those guns, Mark. I know. Gotta give the people what they want. Now, talking about movie outfits, we are doing this episode in part because Elizabeth Banks has a new adaptation of Charlie's Angels coming out this week. But we're also doing it because about two months ago on our Deliver Us From Eva episode, our roommate Josh, when discussing LL Cool J, said, and I quote, I don't mean to belabor the point. I don't know what the point was because it was irrelevant to everything we were discussing. (laughs) (laughs) He said, I don't mean to belabor the point, but the dashiki he, LL Cool J, wears in Charlie's Angels masterpiece
2: <laughs> so and josh i'm assuming wrong?
0: that's your answer to this question
2: obviously like he just walks out of the bathroom on this plane in a dashiki and what else would you ever wear in your life and it's like was it, it was it a floor length dashiki yeah yes, yeah that's exactly, and he's got the hat exactly with that with i mean everyone knows ll cool j is like famous for his bantu hats those those little is he those things he wears he didn't wear one in last holiday or deliver us from eva but in his life ladies love cool James always wears those hats
0: so the problem is that I knew basically nothing about this movie going in except for that quote from you so I expected him to be in it a lot so then like even when Drew Barrymore pulls off his face and like jumps out of the plane I was still like oh but like LL Cool J is somebody they know. Like he's gonna be a criminal. We're no, no, dealing with throughout the movie. I,
2: no, that was it. No, nope, it. it was just a cameo. He was just there to wear his dashiki. The best part. I is, was ready to love Cool James. We still. I did. I loved Cool James in this movie. That
1: yeah. plane is the weirdest assortment of people. Why are the nuns in first class? Val of poverty. I did ask that. I was wondering. <laughs> I asked that question. Just the collection of
2: people on this plate is very odd. Hey, they're living their lives. Maybe she won a contest. You it's know. also bright red inside the plane. <laughs> That's first class. Have you never been in the bright red first class? I
0: have not. That's like, what, Snoke's flagship? <laughs> Is that first class? Is <laughs> I, Kylo Ren going to try to kill me? Was it a Delta flight? What, passport, what uh,
2: flight boarding pass did he flash? It's supposed to
1: be probably like vaguely Pan Am. Because they do have weird touches of 70s. The plane is the biggest one. Which
0: makes sense. Yeah,
2: so it's like an homage to the original show. Mm. The only other place I've seen was at the bar on the plane was in uh, Jennifer Aniston and Adam Sandler's Netflix movie, Murder Mystery. Oh, they're in a bunch of movies.
0: There's a good use of one in frost nixon again the 70s vibe
2: yeah
1: i feel that the bar in first class on a plane is peak 70s like it's a good way of establishing a timeline
0: yeah i feel like i have seen henry cavill at one but that might just be like a dream that i had (laughs) yeah i wouldn't put it past (laughs) me and henry cavill at a plane bar
2: i've also dreamed about henry cavill at a plane bar i think our dreams ended differently i don't know about that This movie
1: has some pretty (laughs) iconic other pieces of clothing in it, too, I will say. Every time they throw off clothing, there's something else beneath it that's just iconic. The... Most absurd to me is Lucy Liu's weird leather corset that is just her casual wear for the day. Like, that isn't a spy clothing piece. That is just what she is wearing to cook muffins. Would you
2: like muffins, everybody? Terrible,
0: terrible muffins. And I love a good muffin. It's hard to mess up a muffin for me. Those muffins are weapons of death.
2: Seeing that muffin in the wall
1: actually made me laugh out loud. That's good.
0: And it's funnier every time you see it again. Yeah. Like when it's just sitting there in the just wall.
2: In the wall in the back
0: of the scene. It's low-key the best joke in the movie.
2: Yeah. Where was it? Cameron Diaz just pelts it across the room and it just slams into the wall. Excuse me. I believe it's Drew Barrymore because so, she's the rebel one. Ooh, get it
0: right. That was a fever pitch she just threw. Uh-huh. <laughs>
1: Guys, we haven't even started the episode yet, so let's just go for it. Welcome to We Love the Love, a Hollywood romance podcast. I'm Mark, and I'm Gay.
0: And I'm Will, and I'm a ginger. This, of course, is a Hollywood romance where we dig deep into the most important mysteries of our day. Namely, does Hollywood romance make any sense? We've got three men who are going to be tasked with getting into this urgent mystery. But in the movie, it'll be three women.
2: We could be like a female Charlie's Angels. Oh, are you suggesting that we could be...
0: Tony's Boys, the attempted spinoff of Charlie's Angels in the 80s. What? They had a backdoor pilot for it in season four of the show, but it was not picked up. Ah! What? That's Tony with an eye. It was going to be a woman who had a team of sexy men. I
2: hope it was Tony
1: Braxton. <laughs> oh, my God. Or Tony Collette. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well- I would watch the hell out of that show. <laughs> yeah. Because, oh my
2: god. Ooh. I feel like that would speak to the women of America. and it would. They would get to see men throwing off clothing and coming out of the ocean and pulling down their wetsuits and being naked beneath Is this them. Baywatch now? No, this is still this movie. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that. There's, there's a lot of you don't tasteful need, side poop? <laughs> you don't need to be
1: naked under a wetsuit also. <laughs> no. Also, are these people actually dateable or even likable?
0: It doesn't matter if the romance is a main plot or a one-scene flirtation. We will dig in and see what's there. And this week, as we've said, in honor of the Elizabeth Banks directed reboot that opened this past Friday, we're taking a look at the first film adaptation of the 70s TV series Charlie's Angels, which was released in 2000 and directed by Mick G.
1: This movie is so strange and surreal. Yeah. (laughs) And it takes place so clearly in a post-Matrix world. Oh my gosh. I mean, there
0: is a bullet
2: time sequence. There
1: are more than one bullet time sequence, I think. And
2: I thoroughly enjoyed myself watching <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, seriously. I remember I loved the movie. Then I watched it again was like, oh, this is insane. And I still love this movie. <laughs> I was just so bewildered by what i was seeing me too and i lived
1: for it (laughs) the worst part is anything to do with race in this movie
0: is this movie worse on race than the phantom menace which comes out the year before it
1: is that jar jar binks
0: well i was thinking of the nemoidians
1: i don't know because the weird thing about this movie is a lot of it is just them putting on costumes like the most glaring examples. But I mean, making Lucy Lou's cover story that she's a bikini waxer is rough. And all of the like vaguely mixed Japanese and Chinese culture at the massage parlor is bad. That's
2: what I was thinking of. And then the. But Jar Jar Binks is a minstrel show. <laughs> this is true. In space doesn't make it better.
0: The problem there is no one can hear us scream.
2: <laughs> oh, I was
0: screaming.
1: So I don't know which is worse. It's tough.
0: This is, like, very much a movie of its point in time, though, with the Matrix yeah. stuff and the awkward Japanese stuff, the it's, fact that it's directed by McG, it's his first movie, he's coming out of directing music videos and commercials, like, he directed the music videos for Pretty Fly for a White Guy and Smash Mouth's All-Star.
2: I can see that, yes. Yeah, no, that there, you can makes I, sense. Yeah. There's definitely a music video vibe to this definitely. film. Sure. Mm-hmm. there are montages that's just there are many games. of them fun fact this is where destiny's child first really started blowing up with their song it's independent woman yes thank you yeah because
1: i was thinking i heard the song and i was trying to remember did they write this for this or did yes, they just reference it was,
2: it was charlie's written angels. for this movie yeah and it's like charlie's angels question tell me what you think about me
0: so i had never seen this movie until a couple of days ago but you both They're had seen it before out. right
2: yes yes many times
1: i had watched it Vaguely in the past, and could remember certain things, such as Drew Barrymore's personifying of LL Cool J. (laughs) I'd forgotten the actual line when he goes, You bastard! The way they reveal it, she goes, you bastard. She pulls the voice modulator out and pulls off the mask and just goes, I think you mean you bitch. Ah!" Which is quite a character introduction. It's weird. It is weird. This movie is strange.
0: But it's also weird, like, this movie exists because of Drew Barrymore. Like, they were trying to put it together, and Drew Barrymore campaigned hard to be in this movie.
2: She's a legacy, so... Like, and she came on legacy.
0: as a producer, like, working to get it made. And then they wanted Cameron Diaz to be in it, and Cameron Diaz was like, absolutely not. <laughs> and it got to a point where, first off, they paid Cameron Diaz $12 dollars billion. I'd be in oh this my too. Oh god. But then also, part of that was, it took a two-hour phone call from Drew Barrymore to convince her that it would be, like, empowering for women to have, like, a powerful female role model.
1: The weird thing about this movie is it isn't... Exactly. It's, like, actually, in a way, fairly empowering. Yeah,
0: kind just, of. I would, it's just w- weird. You could make an argument for, like, narrative and characterization. You cannot make an argument that it is shot in that way.
1: No, it is not mm-hmm. shot in that way. But, like, they never actually put the women as damsels or anything ever. They mm. are always in control of the situation.
0: Even when you think they're not, it's like when Drew Barrymore is thrown out the window. Right. She still saves herself. And
1: you have a male character in there, but he's comically inept like Bosley yep. is comically inept he can't do anything he requires saving the whole movie so in that sense there is that element to it but the way it's shot it is very sexual sexualizing I
0: texted you did you get me a gratuitous ass shot count um
1: so I think I lost track <laughs> I only found like four or five truly glaring examples but there are more I'm yeah. sure it was a lot yeah. The
0: Bosley point you bring up is interesting, because I did read a lot about the original 70s Charlie's Angels TV show in preparation for this episode, and that character was created in the original show because ABC was worried that audiences would balk at the idea of three women fighting crime on their own. <laughs> so they created, like, a dude to be working with them.
2: That's horrifying, Isn't that I what believe it and hate it. Yeah. Isn't that what Charlie's for? So, no, I because Charlie's never, seen...
0: never on screen, mm. and he wasn't on screen in the original show either. They actually got the original voice of charlie john forsyth to do it in this movie as well
1: that's amazing that's cool i'm gonna take a moment to talk about the fact that i fundamentally disagree with the concept of charlie's angels Uh, it's (laughs) a mess no private citizen should have this power
0: (laughs) i'm sorry but how else are we gonna have mystery women who save mount rushmore as we see in the opening titles It makes, who else is going to save Mount Rushmore? Nicholas Cage.
2: It makes I think no he sense. Uncovered Mount Rushmore and made it dangerous. Yeah. Dangerous.
0: So the premise of the Charlie's Angels franchise is that a millionaire bankrolls basically a team of three superheroes, but they're like they're like superheroes like the like street level guys who don't actually have powers. Daredevil. No, Daredevil has powers.
2: Okay, uh, Electra.
0: Yeah, who just like are really good at punching and killing people. <laughs> well, I guess they don't kill people.
2: Well, oh, no, they do.
0: They don't use guns in this movie. Well,
2: they let them kill themselves. That's true. Kind of. Yeah.
1: They have many gadgets, though. The amount of money it would actually take, he would need billions.
0: Oh, absolutely. Maybe in the 70s in you 2000s. could justify
1: millions, but I feel like even by 2000 you would need billions.
0: Especially because one thing I learned in the research was that this movie exists in the canon of the tv show as does the elizabeth banks reboot because the premise is just that like charlie always has three angels doing the jobs but angels cycle in and out
1: they kind of established that in the show in the... though don't they
0: right because farrah fawcett left after the first season so they brought in someone else playing her sister but then as people continued to come and go they kept doing that so these exist in the movie universe like they're the three current angels
2: and in the second movie there's this little montage of like if we're not the angels who would be the angels and like a lot of just women celebrities just sitting on a couch being like Hi, Charlie. I know Eve was there. Uh, Full Throttle was a worse movie than this one, so that one is... I have not seen it. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I feel like that one is just bad and not fun, Mm -hmm. like this one. One of my favorite things about this movie is it can't decide if it wants to fully commit to just being camp or if it actually also wants to be a movie. Very serious, like, spy
0: movie. Which I would say is part of its problem.
1: And I say it's what makes it a fascinating cultural moment yeah. of 2000 and a very interesting world to revisit.
0: And I think part of the problem is that it's a post-Matrix movie. Right. Because it has this vision of what an action movie can be and what, frankly, a fairly progressive action movie can be. But McG is not willing to commit all the way to that.
1: Right. I think the real problem is that it exists in a post-Matrix world.
2: (laughs) There is like a certain level where you have to kind of be like, it's going to be super campy. Take that suspension of disbelief and then
1: enjoy it-ish. If you just had fight scenes more like the 70s show without the like time slowing and Mm -hmm. the jumping and the wire work, this movie would just be full camp. And I feel like...
0: I ha- I still have some story issues with it. <laughs>
1: yeah. The story is bizarre. Also, Sam Rockwell is the <sighs> villain. And then Tim Curry is also in it. <laughs> this movie is bizarre. It's
0: really weird. So, like I said, Drew Barrymore plays a big role in getting the movie made. She gets Cameron Diaz on board. Then they need their third angel. And they eventually wind up at Lucy Lou, But before that, they were turned down by Catherine Zeta-Jones, Jada Pinkett-Smith... <laughs> Ashley Judd, Tandy Newton, and Angie Harmon.
1: I feel like all of those would be good in this role. <laughs> <laughs> they would.
0: I kind of love the idea of Tandy Newton in one of these movies. Me
1: too. I do love Lucy Liu, though, and I think she does a great job. Yeah, She's and I'm
0: glad role. that she had this to, like, help raise her status this as was well.
1: This
2: probably the first movie I saw Lucy Liu in.
1: Yeah, me Definitely. too. Mm-hmm. This is before Kill Bill, right? Oh. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I feel like, weirdly, this probably helps her get Kill Bill. That's probably true. Because yeah, she, She's in so characters many movies. The are fairly similar in a weird yeah. way. She's
2: in, like, over, like, a dozen movies before this, but this is, like, the first one where I'm really like,
1: okay, this is Lucy Lou. I think this is what makes Lucy Lou Lucy Lou, mm-hmm. Where you get, like... Lucy Liu cameos on Futurama, where she hits that level of fame, (laughs) which is a very specific level of fame, I think.
0: I mean, before this, to a large extent, she's still getting roles that are like, I mean, we saw her in Jerry Maguire as former girlfriend. Two years later, she's getting roles like woman at newsstand in guy or toy shop girl in true crime. This, if you look at her filmography, is one of the points where it really transitions Along with Shanghai Noon earlier this year into her like being a lead. With the other Wilson
1: brother. I totally forgot Luke Wilson was in this. (laughs) Yeah. He showed up and I was just like, Oh Wilson. Luke Wilson. (laughs) You are the better Wilson. (laughs) So uninvolved in the plot too. Like he never turns out to be involved in any
2: way. No,
0: he's just a guy who is frustrated trying to date. A superhero, basically. And, and He's think, a superhero love interest.
2: And think about that, like how a lot of the times in movies, it's the woman who's kind of like, why is she here? She didn't really do anything to advance the plot. She's just there to be a love interest. That it's the guy who's just there to be a love interest.
0: His I- value is that, like a lot of superhero, frankly, given the movies that we have, like a lot of superhero girlfriends... He's there to be like, wait, why
2: are you running away now? And to add that conflict of, oh, I want to live a normal life, but I have to fight crime. And do you know how hard it is to find a decent guy in Los Angeles? I've been
0: continuing my intermittent lifelong goal to read all of Amazing Spider-Man in chronological order. And I hit an issue recently that was like adult. Betty Brant, so, like, she's not dating Peter Parker anymore. But just talking about, like, her friend Peter, who's a huge flake, and, like, you care about him, but, like, you cannot count on him at all. And we, the reader, know it's because he's constantly running away to be Spider-Man. And you feel like Luke Wilson is entering that situation.
1: Yeah, I feel bad for the guy, in a way. Because... That is going to be forever. I will say she is more committed than Peter Parker because she remains on the phone with him while fighting
2: (laughs) during Kung Fu (laughs) battles. That's true. In the climax of the movie. Is this a bad time? Should I call you back? No, no, no. I'm good. I'm good.
0: (laughs) And then she gets mad when the phone gets destroyed because she really liked that guy. She did. So this is Charlie's Angels. Yes. It is based on a TV series that ran from 1976 until 1981 on ABC. And it's a pretty influential show. It was in the top 10 for its first two seasons including spending a period in number one in its first season. Wow. It was also emblematic of a period at ABC that was kind of derisively referred to as Jiggle TV.
1: Okay, like Uh, Baywatch? uh, Yeah,
0: Baywatch is later, but gets roped into that idea. So that phrase is coined by Paul Klein, who's an executive at NBC at the time, so he's mocking ABC's output. And... He was a guy who pioneered this theory in like the pre-cable days called least objectionable television. And his theory was that TV is a destination. Like you decide, I'm going to watch TV. And that once you're watching TV, you don't really care what's on. He compared it to like, you decide, let's go to a museum. Most of the time, you're not thinking, let's go see this particular exhibit. And so he was saying, once somebody decides, I'm going to watch TV, they're going to flip around until they find the thing that they object to the least. And so your job is just to find something that's not going to offend America's audiences. And so he mocked Jiggle TV as being something that's not really going to work.
1: What a terrible attitude towards television. Yeah, his
0: argument was basically like, television isn't that good and doesn't have to be that good. It just has to not be something that people will turn off.
1: Yeah, he seems to inherently hate the medium he is working in.
0: Yeah. Now, that said... In its early development phase, Charlie's Angels was even more in that vein. It was originally conceived as a show called Alley Cats, and it was basically the same premise, three women working for a wealthy man, but in that version, they lived in alleys and
2: wore whips and chains. Did they still fight crime?
0: Yeah, they did. And they changed it because Kate Jackson signed on to be one of the original angels. And she was like, we're not going to do this. We want it to be like more of a fantasy situation. And she pointed to a poster in one of the creator's offices of a bunch of angels. And was like, that's it. We're angels, not alley cats.
1: (laughs) That's such a bad idea for a show.
0: <laughs> the alley cats? Yeah. Yeah, it's a terrible idea. It sounds like they're just snapping in alleys. But like the Jiggle TV thing was a big part of ABC's programming, and they were kind of aware of it. I love this quote that I found from Farrah Fawcett, where she said, When the show was number three, I figured it was our acting. When it got to be number one, I decided it could only be because none of us wears a bra.
1: <laughs> what a quote. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Isn't life amazing? <laughs> Oh my god, Farah. What a
0: line. That was in a retrospective interview. It wasn't at the time. (laughs) Yeah, I
1: I, even so, that is so perfectly encapsulates
0: the American media audience. (laughs)
1: It
0: was like when that Ian McShane interview came out about his Game of Thrones role, and he was like, Yeah, I die in the episode, and a bunch of people were like, What? Why are you spoiling it? And he said, I don't care about your tits and dragons show.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Ian McShane.
0: He was good in that episode.
1: Yeah, he was. Because he's a good actor, even if he doesn't really care for it. Yeah. Anyway, should we start talking about the romance of this movie?
0: The one other thing I want to talk about with Charlie's Angels before we dig into it is that it was a movie that arrived kind of with a lot of baggage because they had kind of struggled to get it made. Obviously, the stuff with Drew Barrymore, like campaigning heavily to get other actresses to sign on. But also there were a number of rewrites, kind of publicly so, bringing on a bunch of different writers to work on it. It looks like the main draft of it was done by John August, who went on to write a lot of 21st Century Burton movies, including some good ones like Big Fish and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which I think is pretty good, but also some less good ones like Corpse Bride and Dark Shadows. But the big story that came out of it was stories about some kind of onset fight between Lucy Liu and Bill Murray, which a lot of people assumed was the reason that Murray didn't come back for Full Throttle.
2: And Bernie Mac instead.
0: Right. So according to Murray, what happened was that they were working on a scene at one point, and he was basically like, how do you do this line? And in his mind, he was like this script is awful. But again, this is from Murray's perspective. She took it as like, he was insulting her acting and they both kind of got really mad at each other and started shouting for a while. Lucy Liu in interviews was like, yeah, I was also shooting Ally McBeal at the time. So I was doing a movie and a TV series and I was just exhausted by everything. But so a lot of the reviews and a lot of the press around the time the movie comes out are saddled with, This like, ah, this troubled movie coming. But it is kind of a hit. It opened on November 3rd, 2000 in first place with a $40 million opening weekend, which is a lot of money for an opening weekend, especially in 2000. Yeah. It goes on to gross $125 million in total. It gets a sequel, Charlie's Angels Full Throttle. It did have a really high budget. It was $93 million, which seems like a lot for this. Yeah, wow. Of course, we know Cameron Diaz got $12 million. Yeah. Presumably Barrymore got a decent chunk as a star and producer.
1: Right. Bill Murray would have probably been pretty expensive.
0: Yeah. So who knows in what way this is all distributed. Yeah. But that $125 million is impressive nonetheless, especially for a movie fronted by a group of women.
1: Right. And it is still Jiggle TV. Oh, absolutely. Goes. I mean, Ride, that's what we're talking about audiences. with all the Both with all the buckshots. Yeah. But that's a pretty high number. And is that just domestic or is that...
0: That's domestic. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Wow.
0: And so then overseas, it makes another $138 million, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, sequel worthy. Exactly right. Which Full (laughs) Throttle doesn't do quite as well. Really?
2: (laughs) What a surprise. I wonder why.
0: But it still crosses the 100 million mark domestically just barely and makes 158 worldwide. So it still does well enough, but they raised the budget on that one. So it wound up being a loser.
1: Yeah, I am not surprised based on remembering how people talked about that movie. Yeah, because people liked this one at the time. Like, people, I feel like I remember people leaving the theaters happy. Granted, I was seven, so I did not see this film. Really? Yeah. Who would have guessed? Six? Six.
0: You don't think you would have dug all the uh, shots of attractive women just being mooned at by the camera? Mm. Yeah, that's my
1: favorite thing. Women butts. Because the movie with Cameron Diaz on that boat, she in no world needs to be in a bikini. (laughs) She is in a bikini just for fun. And the movie knows it, we know it, and I guess we just roll with it.
0: This is the movie they decided to make.
2: Yep. Jiggle TV.
0: So, I guess we should start talking about the romance <laughs> at this point. So, every week on We Love the Love, we take the romantic plotline of a movie, and we break it down into five points that summarize what's going on with the romance. If something is unrelated to romance, we won't talk about it. Why would we? But in this one, at least, our villain, Knox, played by Sam Rockwell, well... Our sort of second tier villain, we find out, is involved in some of the romance. So I assume we'll get into the plot a bit. Sure.
2: Yeah, a bit, a bit, a bit.
0: All right. So Josh, as our expert on Charlie's Angels, or at least on Elo Cool J's Dishiki... Mm-hmm. that Dashik. You are going to be in charge of taking us through these romantic points.
2: Yes! So, for these points, instead of focusing on one single romance, there is not enough in any one of the many romances in this movie to really get five points out of. So, Are you suggesting these romances are half-baked? What? How could they be? In this jiggle TV? In this economy? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, there was a surplus in 2000. (laughs) So, we will be focusing on multiple relationships within this movie. Five, and a bonus one at the we'll get to that one stay at the edge of your seats this feels like a Fifi fear style cheating on point numbers five and bonus it's five still five points if you say so we'll start with alex and jason why wouldn't i just yank the wire no honey those are dummy wires the real mechanism is inside encased in a titanium shell if you trip the external feedback circuit the bomb will detonate
1: wow you know, if are a bikini waxer, you know an awful lot about bombs.
2: Alex, played by Lucy Liu, and Jason, played by Matt LeBlanc, are in a relationship together. Alex is, of course, the super spy, and Jason is her actor boyfriend. I believe they live together in his trailer? Yeah,
0: it's like a full aluminum trailer on the edge of the set.
2: Of his show slash movie?
0: I think it's a movie. <laughs>
2: I think it's a movie. I think because it's a it Western. doesn't seem
0: like a permanent enough set to be a TV show.
2: But would you be living in the trailer on the set? There were no other trailers where it looked like other people were living. He's the star.
0: He's clearly the lead of the
2: movie. Yeah, yeah. he is a big deal actor. Do 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 they live on set or <laughs> I guess he could
1: if he wanted. And it's a, in his contract. It's and it's also like we don't know for sure that they live there. We just only see, see them, them there.
2: there. She's cooking there. She's making him a very fancy Yeah, so when he there. gets off his night shoot. Okay. Well, point being, they are cohabitating in this trailer for some hours of a day perhaps
0: she is allegedly a bikini waxer exactly
2: she has her cover story where she is a bikini waxer he knows about charlie or knows that she reports to a man named charlie named charlie and has bikini so wax not even emergencies. Really a man
0: oh that's true he's not sure what charlie's gender is
2: Oh, because he does say charlie's a chick though right and she's like,
0: gotta go, babe. We're introduced to them, like, trading euphemisms, but it turns out to be her rehearsing lines with him.
2: We're introduced to him saying, like, we need to dis, dis- uh, disarm the bomb. Yeah, it's and- all,
1: like, action movie stuff. And but still kind of out- innuendo-y. Right. And, and then, then, then they we-
0: start making out.
1: Right. And then we find out they are lines in a action movie that are supposed to be in y but within they're
2: the also clearly dating. Yes. and then she's like well if you really want to disarm the bomb those wires are fake you know the real mechanisms inside and he's like for a bikini waxer you know a lot about bomb disarming it's amazing the things you could find on the internet
1: this is one of the earliest movies where you could probably believably say that
2: <laughs> yeah
1: so they clearly are in a very long-term relationship. Yeah,
2: they've been together for a while. And because she she talks about how, oh, I think my cover's kind of slipping because she just cares about him a lot. And sometimes it's hard to be like, oh, I have to run for another bikini waxing emergency.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's not a good choice of yeah. cover story because you never really have to leave in an emergency for that job.
2: I mean,
0: look, sometimes you got to do what you got to do.
2: Hey, I mean... When it's jungle down there, you gotta go. But she is actually considering telling
1: him her real life and phrases it as a superhero.
2: She does. Story. It's, it's, she does. like and That's what she basically is. Kind of is. She, yeah. she goes to exotic locations. She, She's Misty Knight. Protects people. <laughs> they are both people of color. Yeah. <laughs> she does not have a metal arm, though, that shoots freeze rays. That we know of. Mm, mm. It's one of those Luke Skywalker arms that looks like flesh. Charlie's Angel 3, 2019. uh- yeah. Huh? Come on, Elizabeth Banks. Give
1: us that metal arm that shoots ice that we've all been waiting for.
2: It might have been in the movie that came out on Friday. <laughs> in any case, they seem happy. They seem, if not weird, <laughs> they seem to like each other.
1: He's weirdly blasé about his trailer being shot to the point where it collapses. Yeah, so
2: we got to talk about that. So <laughs> later on, As the
0: bad guys dinner. shoot up the trailer aggressively with, like, machine guns. Like, automatic weapons. And they're just shooting through it. Hoping to kill her. She climbs up and, like,
2: positions herself on the roof.
0: She's, like, fully spider man on the ceiling of this trailer. And they eventually give up and drive away because they're like, well, anybody in there must be dead by now. They don't bother to, like, bust in and check for a dead body because they're bad at being assassins. Exactly.
2: I mean, they gotta clear the crime scene.
0: And then she runs out to go after them. And Matt LeBlanc shows up and he's like, what just happened? And she's like,
2: "Oh no, 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 no. no even that was too much... Uh- emotion it was more like hey what happened to my trailer yeah
0: (laughs) that's true as it collapses behind her yeah
2: (laughs) and she's like i gotta go another bikini waxing emergency that has nothing to do with the trailer i swear i feel
1: like he must be getting suspicious but he is weird and, and dumb.
2: But he loves yes. her. It's, at that's the, true. He loves her. And he, yeah. And he's in it for the long haul. Okay. But
1: I can't imagine ever being that casual about that. Being just like,
2: hey, what happened to my trailer? I mean, the production company's paying for it. He's fine. What? I'll that's just basically it, it for him. Uh, yeah. that that's a That's a great romance right there. You know, the two of them just cohabitating
0: fairly unbelievable she, given she, the way matt leblanc reacts to nothing He
2: makes him a souffle that you know collapses. but it gets shot it does not get shot it deflates from the sound of shooting
0: that's what it is it gets scared and retreats it's like it, it turtles oh god
1: does he even show up at the end i can't remember no no nope. so that is it
2: so yeah that's relationship number one okay so what's our next one Number two, Dylan, played by Drew Barrymore, and The Chad, played by Tom Green. I have to say, Starfish, that I am honored. Honored
0: to see that you've taken an interest in my work. And I think that you're very pretty. Starfish? Starfish, where are you going? Okay, so Tom Green was actually dating Drew Barrymore at the time. <laughs> wow.
1: <laughs> that is why he is in this that movie. That makes sense. Yeah.
2: Exclusively. Yeah, that makes more sense.
0: So at the beginning of the movie, she wakes up, on his boat, which i believe is called the Chad.
2: I yeah, that that would make sense.
0: <laughs> and he's offering to make her breakfast.
2: What does he call her Snowflake? He calls her Snowflake, starfish. starfish. Star that's Good what morning, it is. Good morning starfish.
0: And he offers to make her breakfast and she's like,
2: "Yeah." And he keeps like, referring he's let's to himself as the Chad. Yeah, and he will he
0: calls anything significant to him the Chad. So it's himself, his boat and sex. And he's like, "You know, I'll make you some breakfast and then afterwards, the Chad." And she's like, I'm game for it. But then she gets the phone call. It's like, I got to bail.
2: Mm-hmm. And he, and he's, of course, is like, Wait, why? Was it bad? Did it, did, did, what what Was happened? Was the Chad Was it, breakfast? Bad? it wasn't breakfast. Was, is it the boat? It's not the boat. Was it the Chad? It's it only, might be the Chad. It might be the Chad. <laughs> and then he's like, it's the Chad. Chad, and he drops the pan of eggs and himself into the water. It's so weird. It's a very <laughs> it's weird true. performance. Don't worry, he comes back. He does. Later, when they need a ride to... Uh, Evil s- McIsland. S- yep. The Chad gives them the ride, and as they're preparing to, I guess, scuba dive off his boat to get Don't to worry, Mc their Island, lipstick
0: will still be fine when they take off the scuba gear
2: at least 30 minutes later. Again, this whole movie should have just been an advertisement for their makeup, because it stayed. Height. yeah it never runs (laughs) never
0: so the chad gives them the ride
1: drew barrymore's lipstick is smeared when she wakes up after sex with the chad that's 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 true
2: the chad's just so good But it's like one line of smear her, her entire lips are still perfect but there's a smear on the side yes that's it that is true i i checked very close i was like it is still perfect
0: so the chad gives them the ride and they're getting off and she's like by the way the Chad, Chad was great. great.
2: No, no, no. He asked, is it the Chad again? And she's like, no. The Chad was amazing. It the great.
0: And he's overjoyed, so he throws himself into the smokestack of his boat.
2: Yeah. The Chad's a weird guy, but he does seem to care very much. So he's about very passionate. Dylan. Also
0: fairly unbelievable.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, because it
0: is unbelievable that someone would interact with him multiple times, and I don't really think that... The banging that we see at the beginning is the first time they've been a banging. It doesn't
2: sound like it, but maybe like in her bad girl, gotta save the world persona, the Chad's the good, you know, goofy guy that makes her feel better, and like with his
0: like Lin Manuel facial hair, (laughs)
2: Lin Manuel facial hair, making her breakfast, his union suit underwear pajamas. It's the only thing he wears. I think it's the only thing he owns. (laughs) He lives on that tugboat. Yeah. Does he have a job? Is his job a a tugboat? (laughs) He's the tugger. Ooh, I think that's part of the chat. Oh, God. Move. Anyway, point three. <laughs> We're moving on. Uh, point three. As Nat- you can
1: tell, these are not substantial relationships. <laughs>
0: what? I thought this was a romance movie.
1: It's a go. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, Will, just because it's about women doesn't mean it's a romance. Wait,
2: really? It's about women? What? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Point three. (laughs) We have Natalie, played by Cameron Diaz, and Pete, played by Luke Wilson, the better of the Wilson brothers. Do you know how hard it is to find a quality man in Los Angeles? So
0: Cameron Diaz's performance in this movie is weird. Her character is weird. But I would say, like, Of the three, like, she's got the weirdest role. Yeah.
2: She's She's supposed to be, like, the the ditzy hot one who doesn't recognize that, oh, answering your door in your underwear for the mailman isn't something that normal people would do. To be fair, Rachel McAdams did do that in The Notebook, too, effectively. I would say
1: that... It's probably more normal than we think.
2: Probably. Actually, I would yeah. love to hear stories from delivery yeah. people about
1: how often people answer the
0: door naked.
2: <laughs> I should find it, but there is this like Tumblr thread of this pizza delivery person like, here are all the things that happened to me. And yes, this is why I carry a gun in my car.
0: Yeah, you answer <laughs> the door naked, and they say, I've got your package. And you say, no, I've got my package.
2: Oh my God, let's move on. <laughs> Point three, the girls are undercover at uh, Tim Curry's Weird Japanese, like I think it's supposed to be Japanese. It's supposed to be, but uh, yeah, it's just it's um, also just a white man fetishizing the East. So. It's real life.
0: <laughs> Tim Curry is also a like he turns out not to be the villain, but he is also a like gross gatekeeper yeah. kind of man where he won't believe you unless you can demonstrate your equal knowledge to him.
2: Which comes in the form of putting on sumo fat suits and fighting. What a
0: weird role
2: it was, but hey, Tim Curry I has mean, had, Tim had some. <laughs> I mean, um, he,
1: <laughs> like he did what he needed to do for the role.
0: So the angels are undercover at this party. To try to find information, some, some guy. It doesn't. Something. The plot of this movie doesn't the make any main sense. The
1: mainframe. It doesn't matter. <laughs> the mainframe. They're frame. in the mainframe.
0: <laughs> so the premise of this movie is that Sam Rockwell runs a tech company that has like voice recognition software that tracks people's audio DNA because your voice is like a fingerprint. Yep. And adorable. they're worried the bad guys are going to combine that with a satellite. To combine the voice recognition software with the burgeoning cell phone market to track what everybody is doing. Which find anybody in the world. In a way, is what Morgan Freeman builds in The Dark Knight.
2: Yes, yes. (laughs) But that movie does it much better. (laughs) And so, okay, your voice is like a fingerprint, but. The first scene in the movie, <laughs> she takes a voice modulator out of her voice, when she's out of her mouth when she's sounding like Ladies Love Cool James. Oh my god, I didn't so, think about that at neither all. Did McG. <laughs> neither did McGee. Neither uh, did McGee. So I'm just gonna leave that there. You take what you will from.
0: So they're there to find out what happened to Sam Rockwell because he's been kidnapped. And while they're there, Cameron Diaz is undercover as a waitress. And she kind of flirts with Luke Wilson, who is there as a bartender. And, and the other girls over earpieces are like, you need to get with this man.
2: my fav- cyrano her. <laughs> my favorite line, which I was waiting for when it was coming up in the movie, was when she's walking away and Lucy Lou in her ear is just like, flip your hair. What? Flip your goddamn hair. <laughs> And she does, and that's what gets Luke to see her and fall head over
0: heels for her. So, Luke Wilson's character is named Peter Kaminsky. Okay. Is that not the character from To All the Boys I've Loved Before, a movie I have not seen? Peter Kaminsky.
1: Isn't that the star of the it. Kaminsky method? A show what if that it was Michael Douglas want? in this role? I mean, this is the perfect Luke Wilson role, yeah. let's be real.
0: As Peter Kaminsky.
1: Yeah. So, anyway... They basically exchange numbers and agree to go on a date, which happens later, and it is the weirdest first date I've ever seen.
0: I mean, even their initiation to it, where she does the hair flip, which somehow works, like just doing a hair flip gets her asked out. He goes, Thursday, she says, my favorite day. (laughs) And he says, I'll get tickets. She says, I love tickets.
1: Finally, a guy that speaks Natalie, because she's so weird and quirky.
0: But, like, so is Drew Barrymore. Their personalities kind of run together. Drew
1: Barrymore is supposed to be the badass,
2: but they just don't really play into that enough. She has a lighter, an American flag flip lighter, okay? That's all you need. She gives the middle finger to a camera at the beginning. (laughs) She was too cool for the army.
0: So in the original show the premise is that they were all in the police academy and they were like excited to be cops and then when they got out kind of because they were women they're all given crappy assignments as like meter maids and crossing guards and so that's why they're amenable to being the private army of a millionaire. Isn't
2: that the beginning of uh Zootopia too?
0: No, Zootopia she is a cop. <laughs> and she, and she stays a cop and throughout they the give movie, her the meter maid. Yeah, but that's, that's not because she, that's also not because she's a woman. That's because she's Prey. Bunny.
2: She's a bunny.
0: The bunny, the bunny. Oh, they love the bunny. They never eat their soup or their bread, just the bunny.
2: The bunny, the bunny. Oh, I, I love, love
0: the bunny. Love the
2: bunny. <laughs> this has been our Veggie Tales riff. Uh, this comes to you from MK Corner. Missionary Kid Corner. <laughs> that VHS tape had a red box.
0: Not to be confused oh, with the God. DVD rental service. <laughs> oh God, I have no idea what's happening.
1: So they go on a first date, and he gets tickets to Soul, Soul Train.
2: Train. Soul
0: Train. <laughs> and <immediately> I <laughs> was overjoyed.
2: <laughs> this whole <laughs> immediately scene immediately. Is is oh. So weird. So Cameron
0: Diaz, out of nowhere, is asked to go on stage. And she's like, well, it'll be weird if Luke Wilson isn't there. And he's like, please, you get asked to go on stage for Soul Train. You do it. She's
2: like, this has always been my dream. And then she's up
0: there. And Soul Train isn't. <laughs> so it's just her. And she starts dancing. And everyone is like, what is happening? Until they get on board and everybody starts. His baby got back.
1: <laughs> yeah. And she's dancing weirdly, as she has been throughout the movie. She has demonstrated a love for dance.
2: Yes, and she had a dream sequence about it. Then the audience, which is mostly black, is like... Yeah, it's a Soul Train audience. Okay. And then they are get on board and they're like, Go white girl! Go white girl! Go white girl! I feel like it kind of makes sense because she has so much confidence in what she's doing, even when they're completely silent. See, I feel like it's less confidence and just... The movie shows like she just doesn't realize that this is yeah. I think that's what's going on. Her life. Yeah, it feels
0: like she's totally oblivious. Opens the
2: door in her underwear into the the mailman like, Hey, you didn't even have to knock. Next time you can just flip the package in my slot.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: (laughs) So it's a
1: mixture of obliviousness and just like sheer going for itness that eventually the audience is kind of on her side. I feel like no one thinks she's a good dancer, but. They're, they're inspired by her vigor. fun.
0: Yeah. And, and then she gets a call from Charlie, and she has to go, but she kisses Luke Wilson before she leaves.
2: Because she really likes this guy. Yeah, How's she's it? really into him. And he gets accolades from the bouncers, who are like, yeah, you did it, you got her, man.
1: He's been trying to butter up the bouncers, <laughs> who are like, six foot five this whole time. Like, huge dudes. And then they just are standing there stoic, but by the end, he's just like, "Hi, <laughs> I finally warmed you guys up to me.
0: Cut to, they're on Evil McIsland, and- she gets a phone call from Luke Wilson because when she left, she'd been like, call me tomorrow. Well, it's tomorrow. And just because you're on a mission saving the world...
1: Flash. And also Bosley,
0: just Charlie. Oh, and Bosley, yeah, and yeah, it's just Charlie who's under attack.
1: <laughs> yeah, this, the whole thing—they're really saving one man. Yeah, t- two technically, but Bosley. he is rich, so that means he's important. That's yeah. true.
0: And she gets the phone call while she's freeing Bill Murray Bosley from jail, and so she's doing her fights one-handed as she talks to Luke Wilson on the phone, and he's like, "Is this a bad time? It sounds like you're busy." And she's like, "No, I want to keep talking to you. I'm so excited about you. I was just telling Bill Murray how into you I am. Let's do this." And she's having a great time until Vivian, oh no, who's played by Kelly Lynch, smashes the phone during the fight. And Cameron Diaz is like, hey, I really liked that guy.
2: Do you know how hard it is to find a quality man in Los Angeles?
0: And
1: that makes her fight even harder.
0: Mm,
2: we fight for love. And then she wins. She wins the fight. And then he's never seen again. Yeah. None of the love stories are resolved. <laughs> no, because they are not
0: important. <laughs> the important thing in this movie is butts. Mm. That is what this movie cares about. But first, Wirework second. Guillermo del Toro actually kind of complained about the Wirework in this movie as being so absurd to the point that it made it hard to do Wirework in other movies. Where he was like, Wirework fights are cool. Like, we had Crouching Tiger the same year. But when you have something as outrageous as Charlie's Angels, everyone's like, well, this is obviously nonsense. (laughs) I mean,
2: I remember watching this movie... As younger being like, these fights are so cool and so realistic. And then, of course, watching it now and be like, oh, oh no, okay, no, yeah. oh no, no. It is tough with wire work, but I feel like
0: it- It has to be cool enough.
2: It has to be
1: cool enough, but also, just like everything, I feel like there should be room to do it for fun and for serious. And so, I think that this movie does it kind of in the middle- And they haven't decided if they're trying to just actually do, like, cool action or if they're trying to make it funny, too.
0: Which is kind of this movie's whole tonal problem. Mm. Right.
1: So I can see how that would kind of not work for wire work, but I feel like wire work can be done really well and it can be done really poorly, just like everything. And so it's very annoying when things get stuck with a bad reputation when there are examples like Crouching Tiger that show you just how cool it can be in a very serious way. And you
0: contrast that with like the Tim Burton Planet of the Apes, where the wire work is so bad that you're just like, what are we even watching?
1: Which also is around this time, right?
0: Yeah, I think that's 99 or 2001, maybe. Yeah, that movie's so boring.
2: So, point four. Uh, point four. Dylan, again, played by Drew Barrymore, and Eric, played by Sam Rockwell. What? She's going to be with another guy besides the Chad? <laughs> what? She's a bad girl. You can't tie her down with one man. <laughs> I mean, Sex is unfortunately, he's not like that her. cool in this movie, but Sam Rockwell rules. He's really weird in this movie.
1: <laughs> he is as yeah. weird as everyone else yeah, in this movie. Yeah. Especially when Which you... <laughs> means he's kind of probably doing what he
2: was directed to do, but his... per performance in particular is very when when he's out there when he's uh revealed to be the bad guy and then like slicks back his hair and 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 starts dancing wow i just
0: saw the part sleeveless (laughs) undershirt i just saw the part in my notes where i got to the montage explaining what the mission was and it was just close-ups on the women's lips yep that was weird it was weird i have nothing more to say about (laughs) that i just had forgotten that (laughs) happened
2: but, but point four dylan and eric Dylan, I think under different
0: circumstances, I think you and I would have been a great couple.
2: Yeah, if you hadn't shot me out the window and tried to kill everyone I love, I think we could have had a chance. Uh, While they are still protecting Eric for his supposed software. Right,
0: theoretically, he's going to be kidnapped by a satellite company that wants to use his audio DNA tech.
2: Even though, you know, Ladies Love Cool James proves that it can be used anytime for anybody if you modulate your voice. It's fine. So she's staying with Sam Rockwell at night to protect him. They have a whole
0: heart-to-heart about their dads.
2: And she gives him a panic button. It's like, use this and whoever's closest will come as soon as we can. And he's like, well, what necessitates an emergency? It's like, what if I can't make chicken? As he grabs a, a, a package of shake and bake. And he's like, how about you shake, I'll bake. And she's like, yeah, I'll shake. And
0: they almost make out while picking up some Scrabble tiles that get knocked over. But then they don't. But don't worry, then they have sex. They do. And then after having sex, she comes out wrapped in a bedsheet in the most elaborate toga I've ever seen in my life.
2: Hey, she, (laughs) she tied it. She's a spy who loves high fashion, so she had to make sure it was done well.
0: And then while they're having the fight, she's been warned that like Vivian, his assistant, is the big bad that the villainy is coming from within Sam Rockwell's company.
2: And Vivian is there when she comes out to warn him so she starts spelling out clues in scrabble tile so she spells out enemy and then says it aloud
0: which raises the question why spell it out if you're then going to stage
2: whisper enemy
0: (laughs) it's so tough which does raise the question can eric read (laughs) (laughs) yeah why did she feel the need to say it i don't get it at all
2: if you're gonna say it fine but don't take the time to spell it out and so then at this point it's revealed that eric is the enemy and he's the bad guy and you slept with the bad guy for nothing
0: and she gets thrown out the window yeah
2: well, well she gets shot and then
0: she throws herself out the window right to pretend what's weird talking. is that sam rockwell despite the fact that he is sexing up Vivian, continues trying to flirt with Drew Barrymore. So when they're at Evil McIsland, he captures her and is being super gross with her to the point that he has her tied up in a chair, he puts duct tape over her mouth that he has preemptively drawn lips on. Like, it's not like he puts it over her mouth and then draws the lips on, which would be creepy. No, he planned this out, put duct tape that already had lips on it, and then forcibly kisses her on those, like, red sharpie lips. And he
2: says, you had the best lips of anyone I've slept with. And it was like, mm. And yeah.
0: he tells her they could have made a great couple, which is ludicrous.
2: Because he's sleeping with Vivian. This movie is so weird. It's so <laughs> weird.
0: My other problem with him is that, like, we have the whole backstory about his dad and, like, how his dad was, like, special forces or something and was betrayed by his friend. And then they decide later on that, like, oh, he's clearly targeting Charlie because of this story. But by that point, we know that Sam Rockwell has lied about every other piece of information he's ever given us. And the only reason to believe that story is because we saw him take the picture of his dad and his scratched out ally before, but none of the angels saw him take that picture. So there's no reason for Drew Barrymore to be like, oh, this is the one thing he told me that was true.
2: They did not see him take it, but he did show her. The picture, at least.
0: Sure, but he also lied about everything else, he said. So that could have also been a lie. Remember,
2: you did see... Was it scratched out, or was his head just down, and you could only see the beret of the No, it was, like, covered up. That's what I thought.
1: I guess it's kind of a logical conclusion to make, in a way, where it makes sense, because why target them like this? Unless you're trying to... Because they're a a private
0: organization that could get them the technology. They needed them to get them access to the satellites. Yeah. And then you cover your tracks.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I feel like... You are right, but at the same time, it's movie world, yeah, and that's a common
2: that that they took some thing. leaps to get yeah. to a point, and it was like, okay, well, if we're gonna suspend our disbelief on everything else in this movie, because this is the least of this your movie is sins. like this is
0: the plot. This
2: movie is like <laughs> this is the thing that it's doing somehow. It's but the also, least this of their
1: movie sins. is like ninety minutes, and I truly respect that about this movie.
0: <laughs> I'm just saying we could have taken out some of the butt shots and put in a little more logic.
1: Yeah, who needs logic when you have butts?
2: Jiggle TV. So, so does that take us to our fifth romance, Josh? Fifth romance. Eric is played by Sam Rockwell and Vivian played by Kelly Lynch. Let me get this straight. You're a woman. Women have natural intuition and you're a detective.
1: When you had no idea that this was gonna happen. I knew. Uh-huh. She knew.
2: And I know what's gonna happen next. Tell her, baby. Clearly an open relationship. Yes, clearly okay with that happening. Because when it's revealed that Eric, Sam Rockwell, is one of the bad guys, he kisses Vivian in front of her, and it's like, oh... Well, That's interesting. Because I'm not sure what their ages are in this movie, but she telegraphs as kind of older than him. Mostly because she seems more responsible, I guess, and more put together than him in the beginning when they're undercover as the the good guys to Charlie. And she just seems more businesslike and more of like, oh, he's this young talent that I have to manage as a actual business person. Right. So when he kisses her, it's kind of like, oh, okay, that's fun. And she like clearly knows that they just banged. She does and that romance ends with him killing her with a missile from his helicopter because he shoots it at the angels as they're standing on the tower but
0: they reprogram it to be heat seeking
2: no no no, this is before that before he goes for charlie he shoots a missile at them as they're standing on the castle on on evil mc island and vivian is knocked out there (laughs) as is the creepy thin man crispin glover
0: featured in back to the future subject of a future two-hour episode
1: also Featured in Full Throttle, I saw on Wikipedia. So clearly,
2: people He's survived clearly that explosion. Died, so, but he clearly showed no true. I think Chris Glover is clearly a bionic
1: life. man in this movie. Yeah, there's the arm, the ice arm. Just, Kelly Lynch is about ten years it, older than Sam Rockwell. Well hey,
2: he he has a thing for older women. There's nothing wrong with that. So that's that. That's that. But for our bonus, I would like to talk about one more relationship. And that is between Charlie and the Angels. Okay, so this
0: is clearly a cult.
2: This is very strange. Okay, one, they've never actually met him. Bosley's never actually met him. He saw his hand once, but it could have been anybody's hand. And as they're finally going to go into Charlie's cabin at the end that they've saved from Sam Rockwell shooting with a missile, they're all like, we finally get to meet Charlie. How do I look? (laughs) What's he going to be like? I don't know. And it's kind of like, you've literally never met this man. He's your employer at best. No, he's like a religious figure with it, them. It's so weird. It's very strange how much they're okay with him. And they like
0: adopt increasingly girlish attitudes when talking about him and talking to him. Yes, right. they are but clearly a, obsessed with Charlie. Also
2: a father figure type deal too. Yeah. It's really messy and gross. It's kind of strange, especially especially how okay they are with the fact that he's not there when they're like... Oh, that's, that's just Charlie. Charlie.
0: <laughs> there is also like a meta thing where like cultish behavior around someone named Charlie feels particularly gross. It kind of does. Why? Was it this cultish in the show? That I don't know.
1: Because I feel like at the time it probably didn't start that way, where the name Charlie then would be an awkward choice. But the way the movie does it, it does kind of loop around to a weird man who women kill for. <laughs> Named Charlie. Right. We and just, like,
0: particularly in this year of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. It's really on my mind.
2: It's creepy. Was Chris Hemsworth's name in Bad Times at El Royale, Charlie? No.
0: No, but he's, he's too on the clearly playing Manson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, that's creepy. It
1: I'm very really... curious about the role of Charlie in the 2019 one. Mm, I don't know. Because I feel like the concept of an anonymous billionaire funding a private army... Through voice only reads differently in this era, so I wonder if they're gonna play down that whole part of Charlie in and the, make it more just like a a not like a normal spy agency. In the
2: synopsis of the the 2019 movie, they make it clear that there are multiple teens of angels and multiple Bosleys kind of as their handlers. I
0: mean, the list of Bosleys is amazing. It's it is. Elizabeth Banks, Jimon Hansu, and Patrick Stewart. So
2: right there, you're just like, well,
0: wow. you put Jimon Hansu in anything, and I'll love it. <laughs> He's making his money. <laughs> you know what Jimon Hansu is great in? 2019's Serenity.
2: You know what he's great in? 2019 Shazam. Yeah, he is. I forgot he was in that. also Guardians of the Galaxy.
0: And he's not as good in Captain Marvel because they don't give him as much. They don't give him as much.
2: But hey, he's getting his money from Marvel, DC, whoever's going to throw it at him. Go ahead.
0: All right. We just talked through five romances and an additional cult in the 2000 film Charlie's Angels, directed by a man who goes by Mick G. Do we find these romances believable?
2: Do we each of them i think
0: all of them are no
2: (laughs) i think all of them are no and i think Uh, the
0: closest is natalie and pete
2: question though in the world of ridiculousness of the movie still no (laughs) still no (laughs) i think yes the
1: closest is them because they clearly have chemistry and get along and are
0: and they meet in like fairly plausible circumstances and and go on a real date natalie
1: (laughs) right and it is a date that would conceivably end in a second date And that's the point we are at in the movie.
0: Right, because it never comes back besides the phone call. I
2: mean, Alex and Jason are vaguely believable. They're too people who enjoy each other the
0: problem is his lack of reaction to his trailer <laughs> being shot to the point it falls apart hey
2: what happened to my trailer and then just lets her leave okay see ya. He, you're the only one here you're the only one with information about my trailer but no you go ahead bikini wax emergency see you babe still love ya. we're in a relationship <laughs> okay, still okay you can stop so now. <laughs> every
0: week we rate the romance of the movie that we're covering on a 10 point scale where zero means we believe nothing romantic 10 means we believe all of it josh where do you rate the romances of? charlie's angels each of them
2: and then no just in in total
0: how do you rate the romance of this movie
2: i want to give it a three out of 10 i mean you're right they're not super believable we don't get a lot of glimpses of each of the relationships and seeing them in these relationships like you said natalie and pete are the most believable so yeah i guess a three would definitely be okay you you tried something i didn't actively think that oh this isn't what a relationship looks like in bad or no but yeah three
0: well i feel like two or three is the right ballpark for this. yeah that's what
1: i was thinking so i'll
0: go with three out of deference to josh yes i agree the like you didn't do anything completely insane feels fair on the like while you were sleeping window yeah
1: I think three is fair.
0: So, do we think any of our people involved in any of these romances is dateable? No. (laughs) I gotta say no. We've talked about the superhero thing before when we talked about Spider-Man. We're like, I just don't want to
2: live that life. No. But Pete seems dateable. But I don't want to date Luke Wilson. (laughs) The better of the Wilson brothers. I don't want to date either of them. Yeah. If I'm going to date any Wilson-y
0: thing, I'm going to date Lightning McQueen because he's probably got a lot of money.
2: (laughs) He is a superstar race card. I was gonna say driver, but No, he's just car. the car. I, I, I saw you about to
0: say it. It was very entertaining. Mark, would you date any of these folks? No, probably not. Okay, then if you did have to date one person in the film Charlie's Angels, who would it be?
1: I don't know. No one is a real person. <sighs> in Melissa this movie. McCarthy.
2: Doris. <laughs> she seems like she's on top of her shit. She said, We thought we were coming next week. That's what we have on the schedule. You know, she might be the best answer. And then when she was like disrespected, she did call her a bitch because she was disrespected. She will not stand for that. That scene is weird.
0: (laughs) It's very weird. It made me think of the scene in Ghost Protocol where they have to bust into the place and... Tom Cruise and Simon Pegg have the, like, weird screen and projector that makes it look like the hallway is empty as they're creeping behind it. And it made me wish I was watching Ghost Protocol.
1: <laughs> so, do you think any of these couples stay together?
0: So, a lot of them are dead. Yes. I think our options are Alice and Jason and Natalie and Pete. The
2: Chad's not dead.
0: I don't think Dylan's going back to the Chad. <laughs>
2: no. She but will the maybe Chad was bang great. him.
0: <laughs> But they're not going to be a relationship.
2: No. I feel like Alex and Jason, I mean, if he's okay with her yeah, killing his trailer, then they're lasting there's forever. There's nothing else yeah. he can really do.
0: I think Natalie and Pete will go out for a while. I feel like, at the very like least. Yeah.
2: he seems like an
1: understanding but they guy. it could eventually become a problem that she is doing the superhero thing.
0: Yeah. I don't know that he's going to react as well as Jason. Now, many of the movies that we have covered for this show have been turned into stage musicals. <laughs> Should the film Charlie's Angels be turned into a stage musical? Specifically, this movie movie, not just the concept Charlie's Angels.
2: Absolutely. If only just to have a quick change between LL Cool J and Drew Barrymore at the beginning of it. The
1: idea of all the costume changes <laughs> and the spy work, if they like did the campiness of this well, it could be a fun musical, but I don't think it's where we need to spend our Broadway <laughs> dollars. I
0: potentially like the idea of Charlie's Angels with all that stuff on yes. stage. I don't know that the narrative of this particular movie, which is decently confusing, yes, needs to be dealt with again
1: yeah i agree so i think that about does it for charlie's angels
0: looking ahead next week we will be talking the 2016 film the edge of 17 starring Haley steinfeld
1: i look forward to it
0: <laughs> yeah it's a fun movie it's great mm-hmm. it is also streaming on netflix so you can watch it right now to prepare for us I've if you have a ha- bit
1: of it and it it's fun. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, I definitely recommend watching that one.
0: Until then, you can follow the show on Facebook and Twitter at Love the Love Pod, and you can email us questions or movie suggestions at lovethelovepod at gmail.com.
1: Please
2: make sure to rate, review, and subscribe.
0: Last question, Josh. What is the best piece of dating advice you got from Charlie's Angels?
2: No matter if you're fighting on the top of a tower or shooting missiles out of helicopters or coming out of the ocean pulling down your wetsuit to some tasteful side boob, always stay on the phone with your significant other, because that's what makes relationship works.
0: I learned that hair flips have a 100% success rate. So if you're interested in someone, just flip your hair at them.
2: Flip your goddamn hair.
0: This is true When I was in high school The first play I was ever in Was a production of Into the Woods And a friend of mine Was cast as Cinderella's prince And from that moment on Refused to get a haircut Because he wanted to be able To do a hair flip As the prince
1: <laughs> That's commitment that's That the I That's right choice Appreciate <laughs> I'd say Don't ask too many questions About your partner Because that seems to work
2: For Matt LeBlanc And Lucy Liu What happened to my trailer? No more questions That sounds good babe
0: Alright there you go Until next time I'm a ginger And I'm gay And so- I'm black so, so that's not relevant
1: <laughs> it's always relevant, Josh.
0: Are you Drew Barrymore in disguise? <laughs> I believe that was the only
2: black person in this movie. No, I think you mean bitch.
1: <laughs> so between the three of us, we know everything there is to know about romance. Hey, girl, know. Bye! Charlie, how your angels get down like that. Girl, I didn't
2: know you could get down like
0: that. Charlie, how your angels get down like that.